This is The Blood Doctor Show. On a Monday. An incredible Monday. Because why? Why is this a great Monday? Well, the Suns beat the Nuggets. Game one. Game over. It's it's phenomenal. It's exactly what everyone expected. Yeah, but well, everyone right here expected. Yeah, I guess, I I guess expected. it's not what everyone else expected, but it's what we expected. Well, you said ESPN picked 13 out of 16. Of That's true. So I was surprised. It. I thought the Suns were getting no love. Apparently now they now everybody loves the Suns. You know, last cr- week no one cared. No one cared. You know what's really crazy? The Denver Post had five of their people pick. Uh-huh. Three of them picked the Suns. Oh. Wow. So yeah, that's the level. So so we're getting the respect. Mm-hmm. I guess beating LeBron will get you that. I yeah, and it's like the, what, what's crazy about it is it's like yeah, now we got the respect. But it's like no one wanted to talk. Like you go listen, you go listen to a podcast or you read an article after the Suns beat the Lakers, and it's like the Suns beat the Lakers in Game Six. LeBron, AD, Dennis Schroeder, Montrez Harrell, Andre Drummond, and it's like, do you intend? Now you do intend to talk about the Suns in your Suns winning a playoff series article. And the answer to that is no. They actually don't intend to do that. And that's what it's been. Until today, I guess. Now, I mean, they seem to be taking it seriously now. They should. I mean, after this game, yeah, how could you? I mean, after, after beating the Lakers, you're an idiot to not take us seriously. If you're not taking us seriously right now, this is why I picked Suns in five. And this is why you picked Suns of four. Right. So we picked Suns together in nine, essentially. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Suns <in> nine. <laughs> because I just think, it's not that I don't respect the Nuggets, but especially without Jamal Murray. That's a thing. Like, with Jamal Murray. Well, I mean, we play more defense. Yep. We have more players. Yep. I mean... We're just that's going to win if we yeah that's what wins basketball. Yeah, we're a deeper roster. We have way better guard play. And I and 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 Aiton is the best defender of Jokic in the league. It was Kellen Olsen was the one who said on on like 987 today is like the Suns last six games against the Nuggets bef- coming into this game. Aiton had like more points, rebounds and a better shooting percentage. Then Jokic. Jokic had more assists. Well, fine. Aiden doesn't pass in that way. But it's like, Aiden is the best neutralizer of Jokic in the game. And yet again, here you see that. I mean, they have basically the same stats every time. Like, it's he's just... Aiden is the most underrated defensive player in the game. End of statement. Amen. The level of consistency he's had in the playoffs is, is astounding. I... I... I can't even begin to like I I've been saying for years Aiton is a playoff guy. Aiton is built for the playoffs. He's going to be better in the playoffs. But like my wildest fantasies did not involve him being like the like I don't even he doesn't make any mistakes. I don't this is not a I don't I I don't I don't, this is incredible. I I love watching it. You know. And I, you know, I'm in the top shot you know, so I, I love just I, I want to get these mo- you know these these moments because they're so good. There I, were a couple dunks. Yeah, know. that yeah that first quarter dunk, I think it was in the first few minutes. I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was on like the Paul pick and roll, and he like yeah he like threw it down from like four feet above. I dude, I I like I thought I was gonna have a fucking aneurysm. That's one of the best dunks I've ever seen in my life. This game was this this game was awesome. And, you know, I, I just, I understand that, you know, a lot of people have not been paying attention. And, you know, you can tell. Because, like, ESPN people will be like, no, we watch the Suns. We just don't care about your team. And then Jay Williams, like, calls campaign Tyler Eulis. And, <laughs> I know. And just, like, all these things going on. They, they like, and the other day, like, Tim McMahon was like, campaign didn't have that good of a game in game six. He scored 14 in the first quarter. Like, He's all, I can read his stats for you. It's just like, these guys clearly don't watch. You, you, you clearly don't watch the game. And, you know, it's just starting to reach a point where it's obvious that, you know, it's like you, you just chuckle a little bit because, you know, the national analysts have no clue what's going on. 
embarrassing. And, for well, yeah, it's embarrassing. It is because, like, I like again, I understood it for a while, but you reach a point where it's like, what, do you you watch these games? Do you have any idea? Because like, there are legitimately people out there who are like, you know, well, Cam Johnson isn't anything, and Tory Craig is a nothing role player, and Campaign is whatever, and like those three dudes have been some of the hugest parts of everything that's gone on. It's just... How, how can we expect the media to understand, you know, Craig's value when even his own teams can't understand? Yeah, the, that's a really good point. Like, the Denver, you know, they let Jeremy Grant go, and they had no interest in signing Torrey Craig to take some of those minutes, which they clearly should have. And the Suns and Bucks were kind of trying to sign Torrey Craig. He ends up with the Bucks. The Bucks don't have a role for him. He gets flipped to the Suns for essentially nothing. Like, there's a certain point, like, we give deference to these teams, and they're like, well, they're in the league, so yeah. they know. Yeah. No, they fucking don't, They man. don't. They don't even, yeah. What do they fucking know? Like, what have they proven? Like, what if, like, just because you're in the league, you've proven something? Like, it's... No, it's moves like James Jones that have made that prove... You know, the proof is in the pudding, yeah. as they say. Yeah, and, and it's so funny that, like, James, no one wants to talk about James Jones. And Monty Williams wins Coach of the Year from his own peers. But then the media is like, no, Tom Thibodeau did a better job. Like, okay, man. Like, I know. Like, like I, I don't have, it's whatever. Like, just, just. All you can do is laugh at that point. You just say, okay, well, obviously, yeah, no shit. Yeah, like yeah. what? What am I gonna do? Yeah. Like I'm gonna sit. I'm not gonna sit here and for 45 yeah. minutes explain to you how. Like, like, give me a break. Anyone like, that's watched this season knows it's ridiculous. So you just say, oh, okay, and you move on. Yeah, like, like, there's a certain point where it's like, okay, yeah, I'm not participating in that. Like, yeah, yeah I just reached. I'm okay. Like, yeah, someone did better than Monty. The Suns didn't make the playoffs last year, and they were the number two seed within a half a game of the one seed. But the Knicks were a four seed in the weaker conference. Okay. Okay. Like, I just, it's, whatever. And, you know, it's a death knell anyway. The Coach of the Year award, so many dudes get fired the next year. Whatever. Anyway, it's it's just, I, the thing is, like, I only have so much patience for, like, the Suns got no respect in the regular season. And then they beat the Lakers, and it's like, whoa, the Lakers were injured. And now we're we've beating the Nuggets in game one, and people are like, well, Jamal Murray. It's like, what What does it take? Like, I'm just curious. Like, at what point is someone going to watch the Suns win a basketball game and then talk about the Suns? We're going to have to win the finals. Do you think, think they'll talk about it then? I, or do you uh, think that we'll win the finals and they'll be like, well, if James Harden didn't hurt his hamstring in round two against the Bucks, like, yeah, I just don't think that there's, I yeah. just, I, this media is so like, well, blah, 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 blah. Like, there's still people who want to sit here and like relitigate the Raptors title because of the Warriors injuries or something. And it's just like, dude, winning a fucking title, part of winning a title is, Building a team that can withstand injuries and it is able to withstand injuries and that when they go through injuries has an X man up. That's winning a championship. And building I'm so, a roster. Yeah. It's fucking one to fifteen, not one to three. Exactly. And I'm so sick of like, well, they would have won the title if this guy you wasn't fucking there. So it doesn't matter. Like, this is the thing about the NFL, is like no one ever sits there and is like, well, this other team would have won if X player was there. No one, no one ever cares about that because that's how difficult it is to win. But in the NBA, because there's this perception of, well, you know, players grouped together means titles are guaranteed. If any of those things are, well, this guy tweaked his ankle. So it was not, you know, we talked about it before the, you know, the, the 04 Pistons title and they won that out of nowhere and Lakers fans. They literally, their lineup was Gary Payton, Kobe Bryant, Rick Fox, Carl Malone, and Shaq. And Lakers fans are like, well, Carl Malone had a hurt ankle in those finals. Ho, 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 ho. You're a bitch. Shut the fuck up. Like, one of your play, that's your Hall of Flame lineup had a fucking tweaked ankle. Suck my fucking dick. Who cares? I'm so fucking sick of this shit. Like, all, like, the, Chris Paul is hurt. Doesn't matter to, the, to these people. Like, 
Injuries happen. Every team goes through them. Even Robert Ory, who he who we hate more than anyone. Robert Ory, the most hated person in the history of like Suns fandom, has pointed out all of his title teams were healthy. It, it takes a lot to win a title. <laughs> Health is one of the things. And I get sick of hearing like, well, if the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. That's not how it fucking goes. <sighs> I'm very angry about this. You can tell it's, yeah. Well, they don't, yeah. They need to respect us because yeah. it's ridiculous not to, you know? And the thing is, is when they do respect us, it's really just Chris Paul. Yeah. <laughs> That's why Chris Paul has to go on and list, literally list off the names of our players. He has to say, you know, Brooke, you know, Booker is finally getting, anyways, we know all the names of the players, but he has to go on TV and list them because no one else will, you know? So. Yeah. Yeah, and I love seeing him go up there and talk about the rest of the team too. Yeah, no, but you're right. It's like Chris, how have you managed to lead this team to all these wins this year? And he's like, <laughs> you realize there are other players on this team, and that and that's the thing. It's like I've always had like a disdain for national media in terms of like their knowledge, and we all know, but it really is starting to feel like. They very legitimately don't do any research at all and think that we don't know anything about our own teams. And it's just like, you know, we watch all of these games. I know way more than you. I think that that's the biggest problem that, like, I think that a lot of these national entities don't realize, like, I know as much as your reporter most especially when your reporter does not cover my team, I know a lot more than them. When and, you're calling, yeah, campaign Tyler Eulis yeah, on national television. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing is that they literally think, well, this dude used to play in the league or this dude's been, you know, covering the league for a long time, so he knows more. You literally can't know a team if you don't watch them. It doesn't matter what you think you know about previous seasons, if you don't actually watch a team play, you don't actually know them. And it's been painfully obvious all year, listening to all national media cover the Suns, that they have no fucking idea what they're talking about. They talk about previous seasons. They talk about players who are no longer in the league. They talk about plays that we no longer run. They talk about, like player traits that haven't existed for years. It's just like, it's it's painfully obvious they don't actually watch. And it's like, that's fine if you're casually whatever, but if you're trying to give me all of your analysis and I'm supposed to respect you, no. Like, that's where I land at this point. Like, I don't respect any of these people. I'm at the point where, like, a local podcast is more valuable to me. Than like TNT and ESPN. And what does that say? You mind if I light up on your show? No. Okay. Let's light up on the show. All right. Yeah, let's do it. Let's light up on board. No, this is a this is a celebration type show. Because. I think one thing that's going to be a shame about this series is if we take out the Nuggets in four games or five games like we think, it's going to be sad that we only get four or five games of Aiton versus Jokic. Yeah. That's going to be pretty fun. That is going to be that, – that I mean, it was fun tonight. Yeah. But truth be told, like, I mean, again, Aiton doesn't let him do anything in the post. Aiton makes his life like 10, 15 times harder than it normally is. Jokic just even said, like, playing against Aiden is a nightmare. And, you know, it, that, that shit bared itself out again tonight. I mean, I just, I don't understand. I just don't understand. Like, how can anyone pick the Nuggets? I just don't. What do they do next game? Yeah. I don't get it. Like, what do you, like, they're, like. They, they have to pray that we don't hit our open looks. Yeah. I mean, I, I like, okay, if, 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 if. If Murray was there, I get it. If Barton is there or whatever, but like, how they're starting Compazzo and Arst, Austin Rivers, Austin Rivers, <laughs> Compazzo. I didn't even. I'm sorry, man. I didn't even. That was even on purpose. <laughs> Arston, he, yeah. I know. I yeah. so I so did not mean to disrespect Austin Rivers that way. It wasn't on purpose. 
I, if I was going to disrespect Austin Rivers, I would have said, here comes Austin Rivers in the Kevin Harlan thing. That's how I would have disrespected Austin Rivers if I was going to disrespect Austin Rivers. I'm just saying. One of the greatest moments in sports history. That's, that's legitimately one of my... I... I, I and you know what? What's funny about this is I think that most people have forgotten that. I don't think that became as big of a... That is one of my favorite things ever. Because... Because, like, truly, he actually had an opportunity to, like, it's a playoff game. They're down four points. There's, like, what, a minute and a half or two minutes left. And the Rockets were falling apart a little bit. And Kevin Harlan realizes, here comes Austin Rivers. He, like, realizes it. He's like, this man has a chance on his father's team to deliver a signature moment. And Austin falls fucking over. I just... <laughs> he's still in the NBA player. You know, he yeah. has more money than we'll ever have. Oh, yeah. You know, so, good for, so he'll laugh at us. Yeah. But the, the, that here comes Austin Rivers moment was... Yeah. Chef's kiss is, is pretty good. I have no idea what we're talking about. This is the highest episode I have <laughs> recorded right now. I am, I am like. Uh, you know, I can't blame you after this opening game. Yeah. You know, if this is what the rest of this, the series is going to look like. I am a mile high. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's like, that, that was fucking terrible. But no, we're not going to keep that in. Oh, no, I'm keeping it. No, I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm not we fucking. got to keep it in. I'm there. not fucking editing. Yeah, no. <laughs> no edits. I already, yeah. we already started like yeah. three minutes into an episode and it was really terrible. So I deleted and restarted. I'm not, I'm not fucking doing that again. This game, this was definitely, this was, because I, I said Suns and five and you said Suns and four. This was kind of exactly what I expected. Because I said to you in the first half. You know, the Nuggets are making everything. They're hitting all these crazy shots. And I'm like, yeah, so what? And the third quarter, you know, bared that out. Did you feel that way? Like, just this game went as you expected? or Yeah, pretty much. You know, basically they were hitting contested shots and we were missing our open looks. And and that was – and we were down one going into the half. So, basically, it was like, you know, if we could start hitting our open looks – we win this game, hands down, and that's what happened. And you can really feel that sometimes when, like, nothing is going your way. And, like, if you're not looking at the score, you're like, oh, my God, we must be down, like, double digits. And you're down three, and you're like, oh, okay. And, you know, you can just kind of feel that sometimes. Like, this just all game, every time Denver made a shot, I just felt like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> like, I know it's it's not... I just don't take this team seriously. And a lot of it has to do with Jamal Murray not being there. Now, to be completely honest, Jamal Murray being there wouldn't change a whole lot for me. Devin Booker is better than Jamal Murray. I don't care about, you know, Jamal Murray's last year in the bubble when he was playing with shot backgrounds and, you know, in an empty gym. I don't care about any of that. Booker's a better player than Jamal Murray. It's been proven a bunch of times. And so I wouldn't have been, like, afraid of Denver. But, like, I don't... Like, right now, I don't understand how anyone could even fathom the idea that Denver might beat us. If Jamal Murray was around, I would consider it a series. But, like, how... I don't even... Like, again, Compasso and Austin Rivers, like, that's as bad as it gets, man. I don't I don't understand... I don't understand. I really don't understand some of these choices being made by people in terms of, like... I mean, Zach Lowe, man. I, res I respect him so much. Used yeah. to. I, I can't understand how he would pick them over the Suns. He he must really just not be watching the Suns right now. Or he thinks Chris Paul's injury is, you know, Chris's, Chris Paul's state farm acting. <laughs> fooled him. You know? He put up 21 points today. Yeah. 11 assists. Yeah. 20, 21 and 11, but that neck really bothering him, man. Covered your bet by himself almost. Yeah, yeah, I had the yeah, I had uh I had Booker and Paul sixteen assists or more plus one sixty. Like plus free free plus, fucking money. Even, plus one sixty. Even what? Vegas doesn't. Yeah. How Chris Paul had sixteen assists this year in a game. Yeah. I don't I feel like they thought Paul was gonna be hurt. Yeah. And that he was gonna miss a lot of this game. That's the only thing that I can think. Cause like, number one, 
Booker and Paul over 16 assists is like fucking obvious in a playoff game. Yes, I will take that. And then, I, but I thought that would be like minus 110, not plus 160. Like, what are you, what are you, drunk? Like, I don't, they had 19. It was, it was money. It was free money. All of us, me, you, Brittany, like, we all, we looked at each other like, what are you, like, all of us laughed. We're like, okay, that's free money. And it was, it was, they had it, like, in third. Like, it was, I don't. I have no clue. But I, the only thing I can think of is that they thought that Paul was going to be yeah, hurt. I think so. That I, they are like, he's not going to play a lot of this game. And I'm like, again, you're not paying attention. All the reports all week were that he was completely fine. He ran through practice. He's fine. He looked fine. Dude, he was hitting everything. Oh, my God. In that fourth quarter, man. Oh, my God. Dude. Yeah. He was like, he was. I was like, what is happening? He's like hitting mid-rangers. Yeah. He's hitting them from the side. He's cooking dudes from three. Like. That's some Tom Brady shit. Yeah, yeah. He just he was just like, I'm done here. Yeah. And he just like he just buried them on his own. Like every time Denver kept getting because we were talking about it. Yeah. And it's like they get it to twelve. And we're like, because uh, we're talking about the 2011 Mavs run. Right, right, right. When there's like four minutes left. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like the Mavs kept coming back. And so we're like, okay. Because the 2011, because this is the thing, is everyone keeps going, well, I can't think of a title run where the second best player was out. for Yeah, the 2011 Mavs. Karan Butler was out. Dirk and Jason Kidd and J.J. Barea and blah, 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 blah. They all made it happen. But Karan Butler didn't play for that entire series. Like, that's the most recent version of that. So that's, like, on my mind. But I just, I don't know, man. It's like, I just... (laughs) Like, again, like, you bring up this, like, wow, this 2011 Mavs, blah, blah, blah. It's like, yeah, did they, like, the Suns are, like, 15 deep. Like, I just don't, we get no respect. None. Yeah. None. None. Well, if we sweep them, they will start to respect us. That would be, yeah. I, I do think, yeah, if we, if we swept... If we pulled off the sweep, I think there would be. But, and, you know, the other thing is, you know, because Chris Paul's never, you know, this is, you know, Chris Paul's on the precipice of going farther than he ever has. And for him to be 35 and coming out here in the fourth quarter and just being like, I don't give a fuck, you know. and just, Yeah. I mean, how can you be afraid of them after this game? Like, you know, he's going to be feeling really good next game. I mean, that was awesome. Like I, I don't mean to be fanboy, whatever. That shit was awesome. That like, was amazing. That was fucking cool as shit. He's hitting mid-range shots. He's hitting twenty footers. The, the triple off the off the left wing when he had a dude like in his face. That was just like he was just like I'm fucking done with these motherfuckers. Like I just Chris Paul really does have the ability to just and this is this is why we have the ability to win the title is because both Chris Paul and Devin Booker have the ability to just be like, I'm done with these motherfuckers and then hit 10 shots in a row and just be like, I'm done. I'm uh, this game is over. I'm going to win this game. I'm done. And we have two of those dudes and our 35 year old. Dude, yeah. Like I, it, I, I, all the respect I've had for Chris Paul and some of it was hate respect, but still respect. Like it's tripled. This year, I just, I don't, words don't describe how good this dude is. I don't even know what to say. Like, he had everything. He had everything. Before we cover some other, um, non, the suns are wonderful. Everything is wonderful. It's a beautiful morning topics. Um, some of the numbers from this game are striking, interesting, um, you said book played 38 minutes, right? 38, yep. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I, I you know, I book can play, he's 24, he can play as many, as, as many minutes as he needs to. But anytime you can get a solid win with in the playoffs with your best or second best, you know, your star young player playing less than 40 minutes, like that's, that's good news. So I, I like that one. What was, we talked about some other stuff. What was, uh, you want to know other minutes or? Yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, yeah. Uh, so Aiton got 36 minutes. Right on target. I think that's good. You know, 
35 minutes for Paul. So, yeah. We're yeah. not, like, overplaying. Yeah. But so, so the Suns really got yeah. the star guys got their minutes. No one had to overplay. No one underplayed. No one had, like, major foul trouble. Like, the Suns managed their minutes well. Yeah. So it seems like, based on the, the starting minutes for the Suns, that, like, kind of seems like the Nuggets threw in a towel a little bit because Jokic had 36 minutes, but the rest of them averaged, like, 30 minutes. Like who? Uh, Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon had 30 minutes. Austin Rivers, 30 minutes. Composo was out there for as long as Jokic. <laughs> that that drives me. Yeah, that's the crazy thing is, like, Composo, the smallest dude, the smallest wingspan. And, I mean, he's a fighter, so, you know, I guess I get yeah. it. It's bizarre to me that Porter. Hard. Yeah. yeah. It's bizarre to me that Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon only got 30 minutes. That, like, I know the Nuggets fell apart at one point, but that's fucking weird to me. Like, that, I don't, I guess we'd have to watch the game a second time to, like, fully grasp an understanding of why those two only played 30 minutes. But, like, Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon are basically your swing pieces to find a way to win this series. Mm -hmm. And those dudes play 30, but Composo plays 36. Like, I I, I truly don't understand that at all. That's I bizarre. agree. I agree. Yeah, Composo, or, I mean, um, Porter Jr., you know, that's what Charles Barkley was saying, basically. He would be the key. Yeah. If if he's hot or whatever, and he you know, and he was hitting his buckets in the first and second quarter, and they were up. Yeah, he's the kind of X factor like that dude could shoot. What yeah. about plus minus? So, their team, uh, Aaron Gordon, you know, was the only one that had was positive on the whole team. Jokic uh, had a negative plus minus. Yeah, Jokic was negative thirteen. Wow. Rivers was the closest was zero. <laughs> <laughs> So, oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. The the people they put in at the very last second all have one. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fair enough. But um, I was going to say, you know, Monty Morris was minus 28. Man. Which is really surprising because their bench says that their bench scored 18 to R11 or something like that. Yeah, I and I think, I think the Monty Morris thing goes to show, like, we – whether it's offense, whether it's defense, we are just going to cook their guards in this series. Like, you know, the guard play for Portland last series was awesome on offense, but terrible on defense. We have really good defensive guard play. And I think that that's a huge difference in this series. And it's, yeah, I mean, Monty Morris, like, wow. I mean, minus 28, that, I mean, that, that, that pretty much says it all. And interestingly enough, he was a big reason <laughs> that they won against Portland. So if he can't even get on the court against us, you, I mean, it might be good night Denver real quick. What about Michael Porter jr? What was his plus minus? Oh, uh, you know, I don't have that pulled up, but you know, they, they had 29 bench points to our 23. So let me go back to here. 29 bench points to our 23. So that's interesting because, you know, coming into this game, a lot of people were talking about how, you know, with Paul Millsap and, you know, a bunch of other veterans, Michael Green on the Nuggets bench. It's like, well, Jokic has played with these dudes, so blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they're going to be so good. Well, they scored some points, but they can't defend anyone. You know, and, that, and I think that's the key. What do you got? Uh, minus eight for Porter Jr. For Porter Jr., yeah. How many points do you have? Uh, he had uh, you know, 15. Yeah. Yeah, 15. So, good, yeah. I mean, so he had a, he had a decent game. And, and that's the thing is. Michael Porter Jr. is basically everyone's X factor. He's people are like, well, if Michael Porter Jr. blah blah blah, and so he would need to have scored like another twenty. Yeah, that's the thing is like he hit some of his crazy shots. Yeah, and the game wasn't even once we asserted ourselves. It was just it was pretty much over. I just don't really, you know, again, if Jamal Murray was around, things are different. But I just don't, I don't understand what the big challenge is with the Nuggets, like. People don't understand how good DeAndre Ayton is. You put him on Jokic, and you basically solve that problem. And I don't, yeah, I don't really see what the big issue is for the rest of the series. I really don't. Sorry, like I don't. Yeah, you know, if we're hitting our shots, because our defense is going to be there. It's significantly yeah. better. It's yeah. just not close in terms. Like our defense is just lights out compared to them. And I just, if we make our shots, it's not. And I'm not trying to be disrespectful to Denver. It's just I don't. I don't really understand what the big comparison is. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I, I just don't see it. I don't, and this is why, like, 
I loved Aaron Gordon for Denver. I thought he was a quality fourth piece if you had Jamal Murray around, but I wasn't beating around, beating down the door for Phoenix to trade for him because it just he fits the right situation, but he doesn't change or elevate anything in a major way. And you know, I mean, maybe Denver will perform better in the next game, but I just, I mean, they were hitting a lot of shots in this game, and then they still fell apart. I don't know. I'm not sure how much better they can really do. So, yeah, yeah, I just think that's kind of what it is for them. One one thing I enjoyed about this was the crowd, the energy from the crowd. Oh that, my god, yeah. that was really cool to see. That is something that I've missed. You know, I didn't realize I missed that, but seeing this packed arena and seeing like the reactions, you know, like the kids that haven't been, you know, they were, you know, Booker and and Chris Paul was blowing their minds. It was cool. It was cool to kind of see that reaction again. And you see people who, I mean, hey, I'm hard on this date. Let's give our fans credit. No one's throwing shit at at players. No one's dumping popcorn on dudes. Like, let's give Suns fans credit for not being douchebags. They've been very cool. They've been energetic. They've been through the roof, but respectful. Yeah. And, yeah, I'm with you. Like, there's... You know, you see a foul call and they cut to the crowd and everyone's doing the Tim Duncan like, what? I can't believe it. Even when it's an obvious foul, everyone's incredulous as fuck. You know, it's like, yeah. oh, it's like, that foul is obvious. And they're like, I don't believe it. And, you know, it's just, <laughs> it's, you know, and, and someone's shooting a free throw and everyone's waving their arms. And I love it. It's, yeah, it's playoff basketball again. And, you know, I, I want, you know, I want everyone to be vaccinated and, I wish the mask, blah, blah, blah. I, you know, I, I've, we've talked that stuff to death and we know how we feel. Like, I just, from purely a basketball perspective, it was literally awesome to see. I mean, that arena was lit the fuck up. Like, there, I, I think, I mean, we might have the best remaining crowd. I think so. I, I think so. I mean, we're, our crowd is like, I mean, I, maybe Utah, I don't know. We're, that group of people has been waiting 11 years for everything. And they've also been waiting all season to cheer for this very good team. And now they're just getting to show up yeah. as we're running for the title. Like, it's a different world. It is. Out here. It is. You know? You know, and everybody has had the opportunity to get vaccinated, you know? Yeah. So that's out there. So basically, I'm okay with the this this. The number of people there. Yeah, and and I and I, you know, I mean, I, we both got vaccinated. Every time I've been to the vaccination site here in Arizona, they're full. I don't know the numbers. I don't know. I hope they're good. You know, I I hope people are doing that. But nonetheless, it's like it's awesome to see. And yeah, I mean, I you know, we'll we'll see the rest of how the rest of the series go. But I mean, I think. I think we're going to win. Speaking of, I think we're going to win. Yeah, the way that Devin Booker is pulling up to these games. No, yeah. He's pulling up in like classic cutlass and grand nationals and all these old school cars with gold rims and shit. Oh my God. We're going to win the fucking title on that alone. Like, (laughs) Devin Booker has the most swag of anyone in the world. True. I agree. That's title worthy alone. Right there. That's it. That's all we need. Book it. Yeah, book it. Okay, so now we're going to introduce a brand new segment. Are you ready for this, Keith? I'm ready. Are you are you are you high enough for this segment? Oh, I'm in the process. You are you are literally smoking yourself into preparation <laughs> yes, for this segment. Yes. Okay. So we're gonna call this segment for you. this because we love each other and, and we have the closeness that brothers have. We're gonna call this segment Rapid Fire Rants. It's gonna go like this. Keith is gonna toss me a subject. From a list, and he can go in any order on the list. It doesn't have to be. He'll just he'll take a a list of topics, and he'll throw it at me, and I'm going to rant, and then he's going to grade me on my rant right there. And I have no clue how long the rants might be. They might be a few seconds. They might be longer. And I'm not. You're great. It's up to you. You get to choose. You're literally. I'm I'm giving you the opportunity to decide how good this podcast is, regardless of what anyone else says. Because if these rants aren't good, you can put it on me right now. Uh, that's a lot of pressure. I know. But, but that's how much I trust you is I'm giving that to you. 
I, because I believe that you can do it. You know, I'm going to use the Suns. They have motivated me to rise to the occasion, so I will do that for you. This is why I chose you. I've been planning this for weeks. This is definitely not something that we came up with in the last five minutes. So <clears throat> here we go. We're going to go with rapid fire rants. So do you have questions about how this is going to work? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. Let's, let's hit it. Uh, the rating system. Does it have to be the letter system? I'm going to, I'm going to give you the ability to go as far as the Conan, uh, gamer scale system. So you just rate it. However, whatever it is that comes to your mind, whatever you feel in your heart. Okay. You just rate it. Okay. It's so, so I'm going to, because, because <laughs> we've been conceiving this for months. We definitely did not come up with this in the last five minutes. But I'm going to guess that sometimes I might go off topic and therefore the rating might need to be <laughs> off topic, which I feel is, you know, fairly acceptable. Yes. And, in, you know, again, in the future, we'll be able to increase the diversity of topics. But I think that's good. Do you have other questions? Are you prepared? I am prepared. Okay. We are ready. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's do this. All right. Rapid fire. Clips. Mav. Game seven. Go. <laughs> Trey Young is in round two. DeAndre Ayton is in round two. JJJ out in round one. Luka Doncic out in round one. Hey, NBA draft Knicks, go fuck yourselves. And you might come to me back in the future and play this audio back for me, especially you NBA Twitter detective draft Knicks. But again, I say, go fuck yourselves. <laughs> Because oh, it's been so wonderful to watch Luka Doncic continue to be incapable of playing in the fourth quarter of playoff games. Much like watching any one of the fake people that uh, Floyd Mayweather tries to box these days. You know, they get going for a couple of rounds and then they fall apart because they're too fat. That's what it's like to watch Luka Doncic play basketball in the fourth quarter of game seven. You know, it's kind of like watching Santa at the end of the run, when he just doesn't have the energy anymore, that's like watching Luca finished. Oh, all right. Damn. <laughs> okay. I've told you I'm going for it. Let's go. Next one. That's my rating. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Your rating is damn. Okay. I'm going to take that one as a good one. Okay. Good. All right. Clips, jazz, go. Rapid fire, clips, jazz, go. Oh, my God. I have been waiting my entire life to see the Mormon tabernacle battle the rejects from Los Angeles. How incredible for all of us to watch the team from Los Angeles that no one actually cares about and their cocaine-addled owner who screams on the sidelines like he's, I don't fucking know what, like a little girl who's watching a Backstreet Boys concert. Jesus Christ, Steve Ballmer, calm the fuck down. You look like a meth addict in season two of Breaking Bad. For the love of God, that man needs to calm down. Jesus Christ, I've been less excited never Always, actually. I'm sorry. I've been less excited always in my entire life. That dude, oh, I, I, I don't know. That dude looks like he's like an angel on crack on Christmas morning, snorting heroin and meth. I just, he's, I don't know. I, I He looks like he's in a heaven that none of us could ever, ever hope to achieve. And now he's going to face a team from a state full of people that yells N-words at the players. And I just, I don't understand how, like, this is what I don't understand about jazz and Celtics fans is it's like your, your fans yell N words at the, the other team. And then they're like, yeah, but we love you. Like your fans are racist as fuck. So I just, I don't really know what to say. You've got the racist fans versus the reject fans. So it's a series of R's. Congratulations. R series. Rejects versus races. I don't give a fuck who comes out of it. You're still losing. Finished. I give that five out of five Steve Ballmer crack rocks. Ooh, I love it. All right. Uh, what's this called again? Rapid fire. Bucks nets. Go. Okay. I'm going to take my own self to task this one. This is me talking to me right now. You fat motherfucker wearing t-shirts that don't even fit yourself with a hat that's 10 years old, gambling, 
in your mother-in-law's garage talking about how the Bucks are finally going to beat the Nets. Are you fucking stupid? You dumbass bearded motherfucker with the best podcast in the history of the universe. Oh my God, your podcast is so good. I listen to your podcast all the time. It's so incredible. But your predictions for the Milwaukee Bucks have been garbage for three years in a row now, sir. What are you going to do about that? What are you going to say? The Milwaukee Bucks are terrible. And now allow me to respond to myself. You are correct. This is the worst thing that I've ever seen since Suicide Squad. Mike Boldenholzer could not coach his way out of a plastic bag if he was the plastic bag that he was trying to coach his way out of. That dude could not find his way to the ocean if he was in the middle of the ocean. Mike Budenholzer could not find his way to Milwaukee if he was governor of Wisconsin. This dude has no fucking idea what's going on. He has no clue how to align his team. He has no clue how to run his rotations. He just has no clue of anything. The best coach for the Milwaukee Bucks is literally any person on planet Earth not currently employed as head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. And I am, like, number one. I sat here forever, and I was like, well, Milwaukee juggernaut, and in the playoffs, Giannis, and blah, 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 blah. <sighs> the Nets are going to destroy the Bucks, and we're all going to have to sit here and watch for years as NBA players reshape their teams in the middle of seasons because the strippers in their local city are no longer cool. Yay, Bucks! I'm finished. I give that a topless only strip club <laughs> out of five. Those are the worst ones. <laughs> <laughs> this is why no one listens. Next topic. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Rapid fire. 76ers, Hawks, go. Oh, my God. How incredible is it that the people of Philadelphia yet again got to watch all of the talent that they have throw itself down the drain for 48 minutes of a game and then again for the final couple minutes of a game. It's truly phenomenal. Like they have all the talent in the world and yet they cannot literally figure it out on the basketball court. And then the Hawks implode. And literally turn the ball over like eight times in the space of three minutes. And the 76ers still can't win the game. It warms my heart to watch the 76ers simultaneously win a bet for me and also lose a game. There's nothing better in the world than when I can financially profit off the city of Philadelphia while also contributing towards its demise. I hate everything about Philadelphia except for the cheesesteak. And I guess that makes sense because you're a greasy, disgusting city full of just, you know, grease-soaked, cheesy motherfuckers who ice your poles and whatever they they fucking pull like on the lamp post they're like pouring like canola oil or whatever the fuck during the super bowl this a weird ass city full of motherfuckers who threw snowballs at santa claus and they get angry when people bring up the snowballs at santa claus incident i hate every single thing about philadelphia and it's absolutely tremendous that a dude who's like 511 and weighs you know, roughly the size of a credit card just came into your city and put 25 on you in the first half after you just watched him do that to the Knicks like five times in a row and you still couldn't figure that shit out with your defensive player of the year point guard who didn't even guard him, by the way. But don't worry, we've got 35-year-old Danny Green to fail. They did every single thing wrong and the best part of it is is they, they did every single thing wrong in a classic Doc Rivers, I'm too blind to actually see what's going on way. It's really fucking tremendous and they're still going to win the series but we're all still going to know you can't actually win anything because you're Philadelphia. I'm finished. Fire. Purple and orange fire. Yep. All right. Rapid fire. Terry Stotts fired. Go. <laughs> I really think it's very funny that the uh, Portland Trailblazers think that Terry Stotts is the problem. Like, let's consider this possibility. The Portland Trailblazers haven't had anyone to play defense for six years, and they, you know, didn't deal with it. The Portland Trailblazers haven't had a wing defender for six years, and they just dealt with it this year with someone who was no longer good at being a wing defender. The Portland Trailblazers haven't had any shooting outside of Dame 
and CJ for years, and they finally dealt with that this year by trading their only young asset for an older player who was due for a much larger contract. Who plays the same position as Damon CJ? Every single thing that Neil O'Shea does is wrong, and yet somehow Terry Stotts is to blame. Yes. No, yes. <laughs> and then Dame comes out and says, I want Jason Kidd as my coach. Yes, Dame. You want a domestic abuser. Well, that's absolutely fantastic, sir, but I don't think that anyone in Portland wants that. And in fact, Jason Kidd had to come out and say, I remove my name from consideration, as if that was some sort of magnanimous move by him because he wasn't fully prepared for how difficult the Portland situation it was, as if he just didn't want to deal with ESPN and CBS and Sporting News and everyone else bringing up the time that he smacked Jamada Kid in the fucking face and had to be traded from Phoenix to New Jersey. <laughs> and isn't it incredible that you could be moved to New Jersey when you commit domestic abuse and then suddenly you're competing for the finals? Well, isn't that interesting? <clears throat> So just want to make sure I'm clear that uh, the Nets, as a history of a franchise, don't actually care about your personal choices so long as they can compete for a title that they'll eventually lose. I'm looking at you, James Harden. But anyway, point being said, <clears throat> Terry Stotts fired by the Blazers or walked away from the Blazers or whatever. Congratulations, Portland. You've gone ahead and taken the problem and you've given them an extension and a raise because the issue with the Blazers is Neil O'Shea. And none of you are going to recognize that until Dame Lillard is actually playing for another team. Probably the uh, Brooklyn Nets with some sort of big four that they're able to build when, uh, I don't know, James Harden convinces Dame to go to a strip club. No, that's not true. Dame would literally never spend time with James Harden, and that's why Brooklyn are failures. But he probably will be traded to the Knicks because as bad as the Knicks are and as much of a joke as they are, Neil O'Shea is a worse joke, and that's what Portland has brought on to themselves. I'm finished. Give that a 10 out of 10. Yep. Me too. Rapid fire. Steve Clifford. Gone. Go. The magic are fucking terrible, and they're continue to be terrible. I'm finished. I give that uh, one big red Clifford dog. <laughs> <laughs> and that is the Blunt Doctor Show. <laughs> Am I correct? Yeah. I believe that is the Blunt Doctor Show, man. It's a good one. This is the best one. And now we just wait for game two. Are we... Have we... Have we are we prepared for a Suns title? Like, have we reached the level of Suns titleitude? Like, are you mentally there? Oh wow! Like, like I'm trying to metaphysically reach the plane that I'm prepared for what it will feel like, but I'm not sure. Man, yeah, I don't know if I'm there yet. Yeah, I th but I, I'm I'm almost there. I think we can do it. Like if we shoot, if we can shoot like fifty to fifty-five percent from the like a field goal percentage, we can beat the Nets. I agree. I, you know, and I think we can do that. Like I think we can shoot like fifty-two, and I think it'll be tight. They put up one twenty-five today, and you know, and the Bucks gave up yeah. at one point. I and, just and think we, I we have more in us than the Bucks. Like I don't think the Bucks are on the same page with their coach. I don't I, I think the Bucks as an organization don't know what they're trying to do. I think that the players don't know what they're supposed to do. We know who our leaders are. We know who to go to when things aren't going well. We know our key plays. I think that the Bucks are the Bucks are sort of like when you're a kid and like every day at lunch there's a team of kids that always goes to play together in the schoolyard. And those kids just whoop your ass up and down the court and you could never play them. And then those kids go play like an organized team that has practiced together and they have no chance. And that's the difference. Like the Bucks, and it's not like the Bucks don't practice and don't have a system. They do. But when things break down, there's nothing. And when things break down for us, we know exactly what to do. You go right to Chris Paul. You go right to Devin Booker. You go right to DeAndre Ayton. You, that's exactly what you do. And when things break down for the Bucks, I just think they don't have it. And I, I ignored that forever. And I thought that matters less than blah, blah, et cetera. And I was just wrong. And 
games like today prove it. I gave up after on them after game one, and that's why I didn't bet on them in game two. And you know, I feel vindicated of my own finally giving up on my own stupidity. I, I don't know how to. It's you know, it's what it is, man. It's hard. Giannis, so promising. Yeah, yeah so good. He, he and and this, you know, I know he just signed the extension, but. Like, let's say that the next two games are like this and they're blowouts. I don't care what anyone says. The Giannis trade stuff is going to open right back up. Yeah. And it's the nature. It's just the game. Yeah. That's how it goes. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you for hosting Rapid Fire. Oh, well. You have to host it now every time. Yeah, we plan that way in advance. Yeah, so. exactly. Yeah. You're now literally the host. So now you have a regular spot. You have to host it forever. It's legally required. I have a contract. Yeah, it's I an know. oral agreement that's binding in New York, <laughs> which is a Ross Geller joke. I agree. You know, this is not New York. Remember, we we I, we agreed to this, this months ago. Yeah, exactly. we, we signed the paperwork yeah. months ago. This, this was, was planned. This was a hundred percent discussed and exactly. pre-planned and, and all that. But I'm just glad that we could announce that it was pre-planned and discussed and contracted for the viewers. Yeah, exactly. For, for the, all the listeners. Well, they're viewing too on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there are six million yeah. viewers of the Blunt Doctor Show on. They're not viewing this right now, but they're viewing something. Right. Well, I mean, if, and I don't need to yeah. divulge the channel that has six million viewers of this show. I don't, like, have to actually prove that six million people are watching. I can just say that, and I know it, because I have access to the stats, and no one can prove that I'm wrong. Yes. So, because they don't have access to the stats. So, to all six million viewers and all seven million listeners, because, again, I have access to the stats, thank you for joining us. And go Suns in game two. Peace.